listening to the Ed Reach Network. Ed Gamer, episode 92 on Ed Reach. Pete Figtree, Ruthless Diast... Oh, man. Is it Diastema or Diastema? Stema. It's Stema. Pete Figtree, Ruthless Diastema. This is Ed Gamer for Saturday, March 16th, 2013. Ed Gamer's part of the EdReach Network. EdReach.us, giving education a voice. Oh, wait a minute. I thought everybody Pete! did it. Pete! <laughs> Pete! <laughs> okay, hold hold. I, giving education a voice. A big voice. A, a big voice. A big, we really don't edit, voice. Pete, so we just kind of roll with it. Okay, this show's dedicated <laughs> to education gaming. I thought he said it really softly. A big voice. Or something like that. But may, I didn't hear anything. Okay, this show is dedicated to education gaming on any platform. We will give you the education angle on any, any type of games, ranging from tabletops to MMOs. We'll discuss how these games impact student learning and how they can be used effectively within the classroom. I'm Zach. And I'm Jerry. And I'm Pete. And he's got a big voice. <laughs> Pete? Pete Figtree. There you go. My name is Pete. Oh, go ahead. My name is Pete Figtree, and I'm a high school English teacher from northwestern Pennsylvania, not too far from Erie, PA. Jerry? My name is Jerry James. I have five letters in my first name, unlike everyone else, and I'm a visual arts teacher in Chambry, Illinois. One, two, three. Okay, and I'm Zach Gilbert, and I'm your host. I'm a sixth grade social studies language arts teacher from Normal, Illinois. Pete? Yes. Uh, you, you football fan? Nah, not too much. Are you are you kind of in a strange place in Pennsylvania? No, like no, football? no, no. We're we're close enough to Pittsburgh that that's okay. Uh, but you know the town that I actually live in, um, it, it's enough between Cleveland and Pittsburgh and Erie that uh, everybody's mixed between Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. okay. I'm a, I'm a huge Steelers fan. Oh wow. I I grew up. Uh, yeah, it's a whole story. I won't go into it. <laughs> but I, they, I didn't really have a team growing up, and I didn't want to follow my dad's football team because I already followed the Cubs and I already had one bad team. So uh, I figured that I needed a winner, and it was Pittsburgh or Dallas, and Dallas was too goody two shoe. So I didn't, I didn't like that. So I liked the Steelers, yeah, and I, so I, I'm, kindergarten Steelers sweater. Nice picture. Yeah, my pic- kindergarten picture is a Steelers sweater, not sweatshirt, boys and girls. It had big buttons on it and the whole thing. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I had all that stuff. I still have some of those things. I, I still have a poster from the heyday back with Chuck Noll and all that actually in my classroom. Oh, yep. Love it. You need to take a picture and share that. I would, right. I'd love to, love to see it. I love guess. to see it. So, okay, so how does Pete get on to Ed Gamer? How does, how does this happen? So what do you do, Pete? Well, what I do is I attempt to keep the class rigorous while using games in the classroom like you very cool there's other people out there jerry <laughs> there's other people are you listening yes to be the moderator come on <laughs> so so there's other people out there like us jerry ah great yeah there's a third one okay third. so there's a third one out there <laughs> uh so what do you uh so give some examples you teach 10th grade? Is it just 10th grade language arts? Uh, no, I teach 10th grade uh, English, and then I also have a rhetoric elective that I proposed and got accepted. So that's a fun part of each day as well. Cool. So how do you integrate uh, games within these classes? Well, 
as far as uh, role playing games go, it's it's pretty easy because um, a lot of times the goals of the role playing game are pretty similar to the standards that I'm supposed to be teaching. Uh, sometimes I only take parts of the game or little mechanics out of the game, and sometimes almost take the game whole cloth. So um, it's pretty simple, actually. <laughs> so can you give I, give an example of something you've done recently? Absolutely. Let me give you an example of one of my favorites, and uh, it's going to be obvious why I would use this one. But there's a game called The Plays the Thing by Magpie Games. Uh, they're a little independent um, RPG company that I love, and uh, it is a game of Shakespearean actors. Uh, whenever I was uh, doing the, the unit using this, this had been after we had read um, a play and talked about it, had already gone through it pretty thoroughly. Um, we played the game, and the co-teacher at that time said it was the most rigorous uh, he had ever seen a Shakespeare taught, which is, just goes to show that games uh, aren't just fooling around or doing Jeopardy review or something like that. So yeah, that's it's it can bring out a much higher level Absolutely. than 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 just anything regular that can be you know. Yes, there are good lessons out there. There are good activities that I do that don't involve games, and that's wonderful. But games really bring it in. And, I, you know, I've – for – how many, how long have you been doing uh, this podcast? Hmm. Oh, my. Listen, I'm terrible like that. Eh, maybe two years? Two years. Okay, because, you know, I think – because we're all, we're almost at our two year spot, and then of course when we're when we started the podcast, we're looking around. Does anybody else have anything like this? And you're the closest thing to <laughs> doing what we do, right? That I've seen out there. But you have a niche, and what I really think is pretty cool about it is that you do use those independent games, mm -hmm. uh, the role playing games that kids most likely have never heard of before, right? Which I think, do you see that as an advantage? Absolutely, because um, you know, I already have Star Trek posters on my walls and everything. So of course, the more geekier kids uh, like that, and it might be a uh, red flag to others. So, you know, if I say, "Hey, today we're going to play," you know, Dungeons and Dragons or something, you know, the few kids in not the few, the kids in there that would meet, you know, there's a lot of kids that turn off to that sort of thing. And uh, the games that I really enjoy the most are pretty much storytelling games. Um, some of the kids probably don't even realize that, you know, it's an actual game. They might just think that the teacher made up some sort of storytelling <laughs> activity. Yeah. Yeah. So so, so you've, you've been using, you know, how long have you been using RPGs, role-playing games? Oh, man. Probably about two full school years, I, I would say. And then bits and pieces uh, before that. But you, I'm, I'm guessing you've been playing these type of games for a long time. You know what? It's funny. I It's, it's not that... Uh, atypical of a story. Whenever I was a teenager, I played a little bit, and then I just completely got away from it. And um, I started doing the school gaming club because kids asked me to, and I just increasingly got into it. And um, I just discovered this whole new world of these indie games. And and then I just realized, holy smokes, these would be really easy to use in the classroom in a way that would be meaningful. And in a way that if the principal walks in, it's not like we're playing around. We're actually doing something uh, that that uh, is important. And addresses the standards. Yeah, and and you, I'm guessing because you've been doing it for a while that you have full support. Yeah, I do actually. I do have full support, and they have and they've given me full support in the the club too. There's a lot of leeway. Yeah, and I think we've both. I mean, it, 
you know, I was seeing what you were doing with your club. I was seeing some other, what some other people, um, you know, we've had some other guests uh, that have had a game club going on. Jerry started his, and then I, I got mine going, and it, it's been. We need to start like a, uh, like a, a national game club. I know. <laughs> for educators know. or something, just to share, you know, all these ideas and things that we are, we are doing, and I think it's. It, you know, it's a different light for those kids to see us, mm-hmm. uh, you know, playing games. Right. But also, have you learned from them? Oh, my goodness. Uh, of course I have. I mean, and then they, you know, it's a lot like being a coach, I think. You see another side of the kids, too. And, um, I mean, you're still the authority. You're still the teacher in there. But, I don't know, it's a little bit behind the scenes a little. And um, as far as uh, this might not be the same thing as learning from them, but what, honestly, uh, I get out of it a lot is there are kids in there that would absolutely never talk during the school day that play games and um you know they're civil and I I love that it uh, warms my heart to tell you the truth yeah it's it's pretty cool Jerry you've had some really good experiences with that yeah definitely and a uh, huge outreach to the special ed community as well um, kids might have issues with social skills you yeah. know it's it's been fantastic for them same. Yeah, and uh, I, I got a few that uh, that come to my club, and I, I, I love having them, but it's it's uh, what's neat is how, you know, I interact with those students and how the other students involve them, too. It's a safe place. Absolutely. It's a safe place. So what, what do you think between, you know, RPGs and probably multiple categories here, tabletop mm-hmm. games? I mean, you could because some RPGs are tabletop, you know, uh, and then digital games. I mean, is there a reason why, I mean, role, is there a reason why you are really towards RPGs and not into, not as much into the digital? Sure. Um, well, as far as English goes, I mean, it's just easier because these games have, kids write us, uh, actually sometimes write a story. They have to create these characters, you know, from scratch. Um, they have to speak out loud. These are all things that are in the standards. Um, you know, uh, as far as the English class goes, I know this is a little different with you and civilization and stuff. See, I listen. Um, you know, it looks a, <laughs> li- looks a little better probably if someone walks in and you're actually playing, a, you know, something that integrates writing instead of, uh, you know, just have something up on the smart board playing a video game, although I definitely think there's value in that, and I could find ones that would completely work. Um Honestly, it's just that for me, it addresses the objectives of the state better than the other ones, as far as I can tell right now. And are you are you in a one one to one situation in your school? I mean, do you have access to technology? We do, but it's definitely not one to one. No. Okay, so that's you know, there's some limitations there. But even in a one to one situation, sometimes it's just easier not even messing with the computers. Right. Depending on you know what you're doing. Yeah. My computer's not starting. Oh, my battery's dead. Oh, you know, there's <laughs> so many different things that that pop up. That's true. Well, what? So, you using RPGs? What are you, probably your top five? Okay. Games that you like to use. Okay. Now, when I say a couple of these, please know first off that uh, I hack them oftentimes to make them school appropriate. Okay. And then, uh, <laughs> are you going to surprise us? And uh, go, oh no. my goodness, you're using that? Grand uh, Theft Auto. Uh, right. right. I don't think any of these will surprise you except for maybe one. But the thing is, the way we use it, it's a, it's a little different. And uh, it's also high school. So, um, yeah, uh, th- 
I'm not going to say it's hard to say these are the top five, but these are the ones that immediately come to mind that I've had success with. Um, there's a game called Ribbon Drive by Buried Without Ce- uh, Ceremony Games. Um, I love these names. I know. This is a great one. This is a, a game in which um, the, the characters are taking a road trip, and the uh, story is informed by mixtapes, I guess you'd say CDs at this point in history, uh, <laughs> that the kids have made. Um, and, you know, it's an, it's an old, at this point, it's kind of like an old hat uh, teacher thing to do, especially English teachers, I think, to say, hey, make a CD that would be the score for this novel or what would be on the playlist of this character and so forth. So that's already something the teachers do. And um, so the kids do that first. And then um, they have to defend what their choices. You know, you have all that going on. And then I like to mix in with that a study on mood and tone, which is actually part of the mechanics of the game. And um, without going to a bunch of details, they go on a road trip and the, the CDs change and the moods change and the story has to go along with it. And um, so that's one of them. I already. That's, oh, go ahead. I, I like that a lot. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a great game. That guy is uh, Joe McDaldno. He's a, he's a young guy. And. Um, He's made a splash with some of his new games recently. He actually, um, he will give you his games if you can tell him, um, get your good deeds approved. How cool is that? Get your good deeds approved? Yeah, like if you say, here's what I'm doing for the community. Um, How many of those do I need to do to get this particular game? And he he will give it to you. (laughs) <laughs> that's pretty cool yeah yeah he's... i think jerry and i could do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's very cool um i already told you about the plays the thing i can't speak too highly for uh for that i've run that at conventions too it's really fun uh what happens there is just real brief uh the players are actually actors in a shakespearean play and they are trying to make their part better than it might actually be so um Ah, let's just come up with a, an easy example. Let's say you are doing um, Hamlet or something, and you are Ophelia or, I don't know, even a, uh, a more minor character. Well, that actor might want his or her part to be a lot better. And so there's this push and pull between uh, the playwright, which is the teacher in this case, and the people trying to change the story. So it's really cool because by the end of it, you've already studied a Shakespeare play, and then you've completely screwed around with it and um, twisted it, and then you can always debrief afterwards and talk about the differences. And, you know, that's another typical English teacher thing uh, in a way that is way more rigorous than watching the movie and saying compare and contrast the movie. Yeah. Mel Gibson <laughs> without an accent really bothers me. I, I hear you. I hear you. Um, it wasn't bad, but it just it just bugs me. Right. Okay, <laughs> that's okay. Here's the one I think I was uh, uh, mentioning. There is a game that is five dollars. It's probably thirteen pages or something uh, called Shotgun Diaries. It's actually a zombie <laughs> survival game. I've heard. Yeah, yeah. I, I run that quite often because it's just so simple. And um, we play that usually every year after we've read Fahrenheit 451. <laughs> <laughs> We just change it to um, the mechanical hound that chases people around. And uh, the main thing we get out of that, honestly, is the character creation. Um, Because in that game, there are set archetypal characters, just like you would have in a zombie movie. Mm -hmm. And so I give them the main characters, and they have to uh, basically not make them fit those archetypal characters, but they have to write them up the same way 
uh, that they're written up in that game. That was very unclear what I'm trying to say. For instance, let me give you an example. <laughs> yes, it was bad. Uh, it'll sound good. like um, the strong character. This strong character gets to roll four dice if they do anything requiring strength, lifting a door or whatever. Uh, if they're not doing that, they don't get to roll any dice. So they will say, like, okay, Guy Montag, the main guy in that book, um, he gets to roll four dice anytime he reads a book when he shouldn't read a book. And then they do that with all of the characters. And you get to, you know, see the characters interact. That's when it really gets fun. So then you, you can really tell if they know oh, absolutely. the characters. Absolutely. And they don't want to be embarrassed by it. Exactly. So they want to make sure they know the characters. Right. So they can roll prop. Okay, I like that and, too. You know, I, I want to be careful not to stereotype, but, uh, you know, it's really cool when you look around the room. I've seen this before. Like you, Sometimes even I am when I introduce these things, there might be a little touch of nervousness, like, eh, am I going to lose them on this? Is this going to be too nerdy for them or whatever? And then I look around the room and there you have like, you know, just all your typical clicks and different, you know, there's the cheerleader with the nerd rolling dice, laughing, talking about it. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. Um, so that one I have used quite often, uh, also in the club. And let's see, that's three. Lady Blackbird, you know that one? It's a free one. Oh, I saw that. Yes. I printed it. I got the PDF. Okay, so good. So you're going to know what I'm talking about. The, the main way I've used that right now in the classroom is just the character sheet. Um you can use that character. You can get it uh, a blank version of it. I don't know if I got it directly from the guy by asking or if you can get it off the site. But boy, oh boy, if you do this with any game, it's good. But with that, if you fill that whole thing in um, based on a character in a novel, that kid knows that character. Because you have to come up with a main trait, several main traits. And then under those main traits, you have to come up with what are called tags to... Um, kind of like hone in on exactly what you mean by that trait and after you've done that you've written down you know 20 30 words and as an english teacher i might say okay for your main trait which might be like uh, ninja underneath that you need five adjectives that describe what you mean by that or or something like that um that really works for me so you can always integrate uh grammar with it that's another thing with these games you can make them work in any way you want as far as yeah. grammar and and so many different uh things so you got because i'm looking at it now i jerry i think i sent this to you the artwork in this is just awesome right um so you got a blank of these uh you know this one's snargle traits <laughs> he's a pilot sky sailor goblin sly Key of the Daredevil. So they're going through all of this. Yeah. Uh, and it's, yeah. So you got a blank one? Yeah. I have some blank ones and I just get them huh. copied. And, um, and you know, what's really neat is by the end of the year, after you've read several things, you know, you're getting toward the end of the year and so forth. And this would still be for grades. But then you can have all these different characters from different novels interact, which is pretty cool. <laughs> wow. You know? This is yeah, I, I forgot I had this PDF, so I was just kind of looking through this. Yeah, I'm. And look at look at, at the bottom of that game on every character sheet. All the rules are right there. Every. Yeah, I love that single rule. Yep, very very nicely set up. I mean, they took some time to do this. I could totally see. Because I, I was going to ask you, I'm teaching uh, Fellowship of the Ring right now. Oh man. To my sixth graders. Cool. And it's it's a blast. It, I just I have a lot of fun with this. Do you think, you know, having having them create a character sheet like this would be 
beneficial? Oh my goodness, yeah. <laughs> I knew you'd say that. That was a that was an easy that was a softball question. Especially, you know, I found, you know, through the years that if you make them orally defend stuff, that's when you really can tell whether they know it or not. And so if you can imagine them defending all of those choices of tags and traits and so forth, uh, you know by the end of it, hey, tell me, why do you think that? Give me some textual evidence. Um, you know, it's a lot better, I think, than a multiple choice test. Yeah. I'm not going to yeah. say better, but it's certainly just as informative, if not more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm looking through this. Yeah, I'm thinking that could be a lot of fun. Okay, so that was number was that number four? Is number four. Okay, we got a number five. Okay, wow, I'm split here. I'm going to go with the one I've actually used above the one that I haven't, but I know it would be great. Um, <laughs> this is a guy, this guy I really respect. One of the things I love is the do-it-yourself uh, ethos. And there is a guy named Chris Engel, and he has Engel Matrix Games. And um, he makes board games out in his garage. I mean, we're talking the cardboard, the board, the box. Um, it looks pretty good. He shoots for uh, the quality of like an old Axis and Allies game. Yeah. And um, anyway, he makes these um, these Matrix games, which are essentially story games without dice, which I know is not unheard of. Uh, but they are they're pretty much custom made for the classroom, um, just to make it real simple. Basically, what you do is you have a character you're going to champion. He has so many different rule sets, but a real basic one is you have a character you're going to champion. You say what that character is going to do. Um, someone in the group uh, and the judge can switch, says how possible that is, how likely it would happen. Um, then there's a dice roll, and it either happens or it doesn't happen, and um, basically it just goes around. It's just a real simpy, simple um storytelling game but i have used that several times and he has some of these games that are custom made for literary things like i've used one for frankenstein before um i'm drawing a blank on some of the other ones but those are those are probably the ones where the kids are like ah this is really something you've made up hasn't it not because it's dumb it's just so simple it's perfect uh, and the guy has used it for i think social work um he's used them well he's always at uh, gen con and stuff um, he's used. We for, missed him. <laughs> he's used it for education. Um, it's just really awesome. He used it a lot of times. He might even say uh, people will take a country, and they will um, go through a whole war like this. I'm doing a really bad job tonight. No, no, it's 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 peaking my interest, and I'm no. You're doing it's great. I'm my mind is racing of all the different ideas that you're giving me, which is wonderful. And I know our listeners that's get peaking their interest. We got to make sure number one, we get all these links down so we can put them in the show notes, and uh, I think that'll be a huge help. Yeah, you don't want to get me going. You'd have so many links that. <laughs> It's all right. It's 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 all good, man. Hey, uh, what you know? One thing that I'm character sheets I think is great for what I'm doing right now with the Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be wonderful. You know, uh, Gollum's charisma not so good. Right. Um, you know, so <laughs> right. you know you're dealing with things like that and having the kids defend that I think is really good. How is there anything out there because the timeline, the events that are happening in the story are so thick and difficult, especially at the beginning of Fellowship of the Ring. Mm-hmm. Is there any type of, can you think of anything off the top of your head, 
um, that would help out with that? Just help. Any type of games? You mean that would help the kids suss all that out, you mean? Yeah. Ooh. Any type of timeline game. Time Maybe you can ponder on that one. Yeah, I will. I'm thinking. Ponder on that one. Because right. that's 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 a tough one. Getting getting the the characters, mm-hmm. I think, the sheets will help, but having them, you know, okay, it's Frodo and Bilbo's birthday, you know, what's next? What's next? And there's just it's sometimes it's very difficult. Uh, for the kids to see. well I think it's difficult for adults yeah. reading you know fellowship it, it's difficult but these kids really <laughs> I've got 10 kids in this small literature circle uh, <laughs> you have two groups of five and it's the discussions that they're having is just awesome don't you love that I mean it's it's so cool and they're right. so excited about the book and yeah so you know having them have in-depth discussions on on what's happening and have them debate that. No, that's not what's happening. That's right. not how we're feeling about it. Those are like, why does Gandalf always take off? <laughs> right. <laughs> Where's he, where right. he going? Right. What is this dude doing? Wouldn't it be better if he was around? Yeah. yeah so can't he uh, just bring in the Eagles all the time and fly there? Well, that's what my kids always say. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> the, the, uh, the dead, uh, the dead soldiers, the, the ghosts, <laughs> right. Uh, why, why didn't they just go to Mordor with those guys? You know, why do right. they just have to, okay, you know, right. little things that we just, we think about. You know, I don't think uh, this is what you're actually mentioning, That's the, um, but what came to mind immediately, and like I said, it's probably addressing something a little different, is there are several games in which, um, especially in this sort of like indie game um, department that I like, in which uh, there is a collaborative drawing of a map uh, as actual setup ooh. for the game. And that could be something that could be Ooh. a possible thing. Yeah, people will take turns, and they will. Uh, in some of the games, you draw a place. Well, actually, you draw either a place or you draw a person, and uh-huh. then you also draw arrows to, you know, kind of like a mind map. But you yeah. you draw arrow from one character to another, and uh, you know it's red if they don't like if that character doesn't like that character. Um, if the uh, enmity is only one way, then you'd put the arrow toward the character he doesn't like if it's both ways the arrow would go both ways and that's a that's kind of a real common thing to do those huh. those collaborative maps you know i could see uh maybe a collaborative map of of events yeah. and having the kids debate on uh okay what's you know what's next kind of build that out right i, I yeah i'm working with I, I i see where you're going and then i've i've done in the past too where they've drawn maps mm-hmm. they've looked up and found maps i have tons of resources in my classroom books and such and they kind of draw out the path of right. and then put the events along that path like they're starting in you know the shire right and then moving on their way out so no that's so do you have a do you have a list of those games? That uh, I don't, kind of do I don't that, have that... a list. Off the top of my head, I can tell you uh, two games are in mind. There's this um, game called Ganakagok. Okay, spell <laughs> that <laughs> one. G-A-N-A-K-A-G-O-K. Now I'm doubting myself. Ganakagok. No. Sorry, you misspelled that. You're disrupted. Okay. I know you started out with a map for that. And then there's this game that is actually a map. I, I really like this game. It is, is different. It's 
it's almost a mix between a board game and a role-playing game. Um, anyway, it's a top-down view of a map that gets built along the way, and it's by the same guy that does that ribbon-drive game, and it's called The Quiet Year. That game you can absolutely just sit down, and it's built to just play as you go. You don't have to learn rules or anything, really. I mean, it helps, too, but um, that's kind of a tough one to um, talk about. But let me tell you something. That is perfect for social studies. Forget about The Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I'm serious. Okay. Because it's yeah. based on drawing cards, and um, you know, you might draw a card, and it says, you know, something happens bad to the community, and the person has to put what it is on there and um you deal with resources and by the end of it you really have an idea of how this community survived this quiet year or not and huge discussions could come after that i really recommend you check that one out so i'm studying you know greece or rome mm -hmm. i could integrate it with something like that or the middle ages especially you, you know well like small a, village you know i haven't played it in uh, about a month but i was thinking you know normally you're making up a fictional place so whenever you, whenever you, um, whenever the game tells you what you're going to have to do next, mm -hmm. it's very directed. Um, you just make it up. However, it might be neat if, uh, if you were to look at all the choices of what it gives you, it might be neat if uh, it says something bad happens, the kids have to recall something that actually did happen bad. Okay. But it would be kind of a randomizer for them to have to come up with. The Persians have attacked. Right. <laughs> Again. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Ah, these that's a that's a super short game too. Yeah. Poseidon, would he just leave us alone? I just want to go out and fish. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> it's getting late. And that's okay. You know, I, I'm picturing that. I'm sorry. I'm picturing that up on like uh, the board. You know, and it could be a whole class thing. Okay. And you could, I like you that. could draw the cards. They, you know, you don't have to split them all up and have chaos if you don't want to. Oh, I like chaos. Yeah, me too. Chaos is good. <laughs> Yes, yeah. Um, isn't Seth was the god of chaos in Egypt, and uh, you know in ancient Egypt? And the only reason why I remember that vividly is because I have I always had trouble remembering which one's the god of chaos. But I have a student this year named Seth, <laughs> and so we always tease him. You are the god of chaos, and he's kind of taken on that role. It's kind of fun. Okay, so moving on. So I'm sure he's listening, going, Mr. Gilbert talked about me on podcast. Okay. Um, let's see, uh, Jerry, is that you laughing? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you okay? I'm fine. Okay. How are you? So, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I really don't. Hey, uh, anything going on? I'm kind of skipping down on our outline here. Um, any gaming news? I think, I think we left out just to kind of get us started. Um, I think I left it out because of all that wonderful, connection the wonderful connection we had with uh texas uh but uh <laughs> you know the the news from ea about uh the new sim city game i don't know if you nah. did you hear do you do you pay attention to the digital games not too much okay <laughs> so so ea put out this uh the new sim city and they've been pushing we'll have an educational version for this and they've had some serious issues. It's it's an always on. You have to have a connection, even if you're playing single player. You have to have a connection to the internet, and it wasn't working, and all the servers were full. It was a huge mess. Uh -huh. And so uh, they've been dealing with that. So I know there's been some uh, listeners out there that were excited. I even I think we even put it as a mention that hey, 
you know, SimCity, the next one, they're they're really trying to push this education version out there for us. Um, but yeah, they can't get anybody on their servers because they've messed up. So can that I, was one. Can I can I be the negative Nelly for a second? Yeah. Let me ask you something. Let's face it. Most educational games are lame. Do you think? Yes. Do you think this is going to ruin it, or are they going to implement this in a way that is not like all the you know, Math Blaster, SimCity? Yep. Yeah, these now we would say that Math Blaster would be more of, a, of the chocolate covered broccoli. There you go. Nice. Okay. okay. Sim Sims, and that's a I think that's a James G, uh, Jim G thing. Okay. Um, and and you would say that Sim City. The, I think the reason why games like Civilization, uh, even Portal, uh, with some of its creation tools, and Minecraft, oh. they're open ended. They're more open ended. You have so many choices. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what you can do, um, I saw a beautiful build within Minecraft of the Globe Theater. Wow. And kids were out there performing. Right. You know, that that's pretty cool. Um, but, you know, it's the open-endedness. And I think that's why the role-playing games, a lot of them, the open-endedness of what, what you can do, it's, it's up to you. Yep. And that's what makes it exciting. When you are confined... In a math blaster, or you know, any other type of game that's, you know, most games that are geared towards education are, like you said, really not that good. Minecraft was not built for education. Right. Civilization was not built for education. Portal was not built for education. That's right. And it's teachers and developers that turned it into something. These games that you're talking about here, were they built for education? No. No. No, it's built for entertainment and fun. It's we as teachers that like the game that have turned it around and said, you know what, this is actually pretty good. You ever played the game Headbands? No. You know, you know that one, Jerry? Jerry. Headbands? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Headbands. It's where you have a headband around and then you have this card that's put on your, uh, you know, put on the little headband facing out. You, I mean, you can't see it. Everybody can see what your card is it could be um you know the god of chaos you know it could be whatever it is <laughs> and the kid the the person that has the headband on tries to he's asking questions you know trying to figure out what it is it, maybe it's a maybe it's starbucks and you're like okay is it uh anything to do with is it somewhere i can go yes uh is it in you know the city yes is there more than one in the city? You know, you, you're asking questions to try to figure that out. You called this that, headbands? It's called headbands. Okay. Do you have a game that you I've heard, I've heard similar? Of, yeah, I've heard of another game, but it goes... I'm sure you have, Jerry. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you have. This is a family show, Jerry. <laughs> we can't talk about stuff like that. But, you know, it's it's one of those things that you could use in your, uh, you know, English class. Absolutely. You know, they have characters. You put a character up there, and you're trying to figure out uh, within a certain period of time, what character is, you know, on my head. Uh, I've seen it done where it's put on the names, put on the smart board. Uh, and then they, the kid faces forward and it's the names oh, behind him. Cool, yeah. And they're asking, they're asked the kids asking questions, trying to figure out what it is. Well, that's, that was a game that headbands game wasn't made for education. It's right. just, it was turned around and somebody utilized it and said, Hey, this is, this would be pretty cool. Um, I mean, if you ask any kid that's not into school about something they're interested in, they could tell you a book's worth of knowledge. You know, if you're into something, you learn it. I mean, yep. you know, a kid can tell you, you know, a kid that's really into Dungeons and Dragons might be able to tell you about, you know, all this uh, medieval uh, weaponry, you know. 
to an yep. unbelievable extent. So absolutely. Yep. And that's the drive that they have. Yep. The drive and obsession. Because the only reason why we do something is if we have an obsession, right, Jerry? That's absolutely right. Yeah. Okay. Well, any anything else, uh, gentlemen, for the good of the cause? I'm going to make my headbands. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. On that note, uh, Pete, it was great talking to you. We got to do this again. Thank you. Um, You know, the wonderful thing about people that, especially with games and learning, is that it's such a good group of people. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I haven't run into too many bad people. (laughs) There was many words. There was another word. You know, I know you're very disappointed in me. Uh, Pete of coming up with such a bad word to describe that but uh, so uh, yeah it's it's one of those things that it's it's finally nice to talk to you and we will uh, definitely uh, talk again and we need to get these links on here and get that out there and then uh, uh, make sure that we're we're spreading the good news about games and learning absolutely Thank you for listening to this week's EdGamer podcast. Please follow us on edreach.us and also follow all the great podcasts and blog posts on the EdReach Network. Have a great week. I wish you have a happy St. Patrick's Day. What, Jerry? I wish. Like, I wish, but I wish. I wish. I wish. <laughs> you get it? Oh, yes. <laughs> you are so funny. <laughs>